grace and peace to you from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. There is no doubt about it, God's love does it all. The love of he who did not spare his only son, but gave him up for us. One of my favorite lessons from this, Ab- this Abrahamic story is the fact that the, the thing that God asks Abraham to do and then forbids him from doing it is exactly what God the Father has done for us. He has sacrificed his only son as a sacrifice for sin that cleanses us. And so it is the story of the near sacrifice on Mount Moriah told over and over again every Sunday in every Christian church throughout the nation and throughout the world. Only this time there was no substitute ram. No substitute waiting in the rings. There was no angel of the Lord to stay the hand of execution. The dagger is plunged deep into the heart of the second Isaac. Nails are driven into flesh and bone and hands and feet, and he dies. For the sanctification and the justification of the nations. What the Lord commands Abraham to do, the Lord does himself. And it is on Calvary that we behold the fierce and the fervent and the passionate love of God for his creation. It is on Calvary that we behold this. And it is nowhere else. There's nowhere else that this love shines as bright and as boldly. Alcohol can destroy a home. Our friends and family waste away with cancer. People lose jobs. Marriage erodes. Mortality in this earth can be awfully grim affair. Certainly even more so in this dark and hedonistic age. Throughout the season of Lent, there's only one sure place to go, which is to the cross of Calvary. There is no place else in your life where this love of God is more sure and more unmistakable than on the cross of Christ. For it is God himself. It is God himself that is broken and bleeding who, who died upon that tree. Surely a love like this has just got to be the heart of everything, even in this dark and cruel mysteries of life. This is the kind of love that will never desert us. This is the type of love that will never abandon us. This is the type of love of God that will never forsake us. God will never lay upon you more than you can bear. And surely a love like this can turn any tragedy into triumph, crosses into crown, weakness into strength. Even that sad, dark, lonesome Good Friday turned into a bright and beautiful Easter morning. God's love does it all. Here, on the mountain of Calvary, we witness the conquering of the grave. On that first Easter dawn, Christ bursts forth from his three-day tomb. Christ is our coffin conqueror. He is our death destroyer. Into the teeth of death, God flung the glorious stubborn fact of Easter. And even now, that final enemy has been vanquished and overcome. Death The prowling, hungry devourer has been swallowed up in victory. God's love did that. God's love does all of it. Raising Christ from the grave. Paul talks about it in Romans chapter 8. 
Paul reminds Christians of, the, of he who died, who was raised from the dead, who is now at the right hand of God where he rules all, all tears, all trials, even blows and burdens and sufferings and sorrow and grief and bereavement and all crosses and all losses. Our Savior rules and governs and controls everything in our life to the glory of those who love him, whether it be temporal or eternal triumph, which is why you can always hang in there in courage and in hope and understanding and love and the blessings of Christ. For God's love does it all. Not only does the king govern the universe for you, he himself prays for you. Jesus himself does what you so rarely will do for yourself, but goes unto the Father God Almighty to intercede for you for the benefit of you. He prays for you that God might make you strong in the hour of testing and trial that our weakness and wavering faith may be to become mighty in Christ. He prays that all of our apathy and our indifference and our lukewarmness might be washed away through the waters of our baptismal flood. He prays at last that we would become fervent, that we might become passionate, that we might be as committed unto our Father as our Father is committed unto us. God's love does that. God's love for us does that. The love of God enables us to put all fears and, and worries to flight. As Paul writes, if God is for us, who can be against us? If God who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us, will he not give us all things through him? You see, Christ, Christ is our friend. Christ is our brother. He loves us. He guards us. He guides us. He thinks about us. He talks about us. I challenge you, I dare you, name one sickness or suffering or any tragedy or disease or demonic force or power in the universe that's greater or stronger than your God. There is none. If God the Father can tear out his own bleeding heart and give it unto you, will he not provide us with countless more gifts that are certainly less pricely than that? What is easier to give, a son your only son, what is easier to give? Your only son or the gift of health? Your only son or the gift of money? Your only son or strength or a job or faith? Or the strength to undergo battles and burdens? Christ has given all of that to us. Will he not lavishly shower every mental and moral blessing upon us, every emotional and physical gift, every spiritual power and blessings, all that we need for this body and life? Has God not promised all of these things unto us? Why then all this senseless fear? Silly rumor mongering and godless idle talk. Trust in the goodness of God. He will care for you. Regardless of who's in charge of our nation, regardless of what China is up to, no matter how bad you scored on that test, or even if you happen to produce the wrong sermon on the wrong week, God's love does it all. So let us say farewell to guilt. Who will bring any charge against you? You, who are God's elect. If it's God who justifies, who is it that's gonna condemn you? It is Christ Jesus who died, yes, who had died from the, who arose from the dead, who is at the right hand of God, who intercedes for us. Therefore, say goodbye to guilt, farewell, regret, adios, shame. 
Jesus, our Savior, has gone unto the grave and he has come out gloriously. Who shall separate us from that love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors. We are more than conquerors over all of these things. Look at the array of your enemies. Tribulation and, and, and peril and distress and persecution and famine and nakedness and the sword. Who is making your life miserable because of your faith? When was the last time you fearfully gasped, I have nothing to eat? Are you in the habit of running around in tattered rags because you have no clothes for your back? Have you lived under the constant threat of execution? What have you to fear? Whatever those foes that are arrayed against you, they do not stand a chance. They're destined to doom and defeat, for the love of God is stronger than all of these things. It is Christ's great, deep, strong, and everlasting love for us, not our weak and wavering grasp upon that love that brings us to safety. It is God's grip upon us. It is not our weakness, but God's strength. For God's love does it all. In truly an eloquent and inspiring word, Paul concludes, for I'm sure that nothing in death, not life, nor death, nor angels, nothing happening now or in the future, no demonic forces of darkness, no astral deities, no stars or signs or zodiacs, absolutely nothing in this big, broad universe will ever be able to rip us or wrench us or steal us away from God's loving arms. The cross proves it. The open grave proves it. The open tomb proves it. We are simply invincible. And God's love does that. In every trial, in every tribulation, God is for you who can be against you. In Jesus' name, amen.